Welcome to Top Advisor Marketing, where you will learn how to become a prolific online influencer, attract more ideal clients, and grow your practice. Brought to you by Top Advisor Podcasting, a done-for-you podcasting solution built just for trusted advisors. And now, your co-hosts of Top Advisor Marketing, Kirk Lowe and Matt Halloran. And welcome to another Top Advisor Marketing Podcast. Something that I'm very proud of is, is the team that Kirk and I have built here for our company. We have some amazing people who have great, not only foundational education from a university, but also the education that they help us have here at Top Advisor Marketing. Julie Ritchie is our guest today. Now, she's been with us for about two and a half years, one of our longest employees that we've had. And she frequently writes us about once a quarter, a social media updates report. Uh, sometimes we share this uh, with our existing clients. Sometimes we share it internally, and then sometimes it bears that we should share it with the world. And in fact, very, very soon, you're going to be seeing Top Advisor Marketing social media reports in some of the major publications because uh, we're starting to do some work with some, some publications of PR companies to make sure that we get some of our great thought leadership out there so that you can take action on it. And in fact, what Julie is going to go over today, we're going to talk about Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. Those are the big three that we always focus on, but there have been some pretty major changes. So, Julia, let's start with Facebook. With COVID-19, with a lot of the misinformation that's out there, with all of these bots just putting out really a whole bunch of crap out onto the internet, Facebook has made a couple of changes, but let's talk about the big one first. Yeah, so the biggest change within the past couple of months is that they've unrolled a new look. So if you've been on Facebook lately, you might have gotten a notification to try out Facebook's new look, which is this new, it has three columns now instead of two, and they made it so that they say it'll be faster, easier to use. And it comes with a new dark mode where you can have a dark background and light text instead, which is meant to give your eyes a little bit of a break. So that was like their major project within this past quarter. But other than that, they have been doing a lot of work to try and support users and give them new options um, during this time of for COVID-19. And so some of the things that they've introduced are new features, like they have a blood donations feature, which is meant to help, you know, less people are able to donate blood during this time, since it's not necessarily safe to go out and be out and donating blood. So this new feature is meant to help connect you with your local blood bank, and it'll notify you when there's a shortage there and where it's safe to donate. So they're really really trying to help you find new ways where you can give back with their features. You know, Julia, I've used this. I donate blood. I do it, you know, every opportunity that I can, that my body will allow me to. And I was really frustrated because uh, I didn't know where I could give blood. I didn't know what their precautions were. And I was really impressed with what Facebook did here. It, it's interesting to me that this is one of the choices that they made. But as a person who's very passionate about the Red Cross and also uh, making sure that we give blood, which, by the way, is actually very, very good for you to give blood, this has been a magnificent feature. Okay, so they, they've kind of stuck on this medical thing. Uh, so let's continue on what other changes that they've made. Yeah, they've done a ton of work with trying to make sure that their users are informed about COVID and everything that's happening, because especially over the last few months, there were new progress, new information every single day. But at the same time, there's a lot of, as there always is on these platforms, a lot of misinformation spreading around. So to combat that, they teamed up with big organizations like the World Health Organization to for a new campaign where um, users can go onto Messenger and they can message the WHO 
about their COVID-19 related questions. And then that organization will give them quick and free answers. Um, another thing they did is they teamed up with the CDC and with them, they developed a curriculum for group administrators to use and share with their groups on the platform on ways that they can stay safe during this crisis and ways that they can prevent spreading COVID-19. And other than that, they have also been helping um, administrators of COVID-19 related groups by giving them educational pop-ups that will direct them to accurate information about the virus and credible health organizations they can visit. And these same pop-ups will also go to regular, uh, regular users who are looking for COVID-19 related content on the site. Julia, I think it was it's interesting because, you know, with, with all of these good things that are happening, unfortunately, the algorithm isn't perfect. And so there, there have been some people who are a little bit grumpy uh, that some things have actually been taken down. But, you know, it, it's kind of, uh, well, what's the greater good here? And I think Facebook's algorithm has done a moderately good job of really finding out the greater good. Some of the other things, and I know this isn't within our uh, social media this quarter, but they have given you a lot of opportunities to check uh, facts, uh, check articles, check the validity of those. Mm -hmm. I personally think that that's really nice that they've given us the opportunity to test our information. Uh, and in fact, when we get to Twitter, uh, you've got some really cool stuff on Twitter. But Facebook also made some changes within Messenger and some different ways to use it. Let's talk about that. Yeah, so another new feature that they introduced within the past couple of months, it was in May, they launched a new feature called, there's two names for it, but it's pretty much the same thing. So they're called both workplace rooms and messenger rooms. And this is pretty much Facebook's way of taking on what Zoom is doing now within the COVID-19 crisis. Zoom has really become a big mainstay in the way that people are connecting and talking with each other, both personally and for work. And so now you can do pretty much the same thing on Facebook with these workplace rooms or messenger rooms. So these are virtual rooms that allow you to have a meeting place online where you can meet with up to 50 people in a video call. Even if they're not from your com company or don't have a workplace or messenger account, they can join the call and you can have these spaces open. There's no time limit and other people can drop in and join and come and go. And the person who is the administrator still has the control to prevent people from joining if they don't want them to, how visible the room can be, and to remove people who shouldn't be there. I wonder how well these are doing. Uh, do, do you have any idea on that? I think it's still relatively unknown. Yeah. I think it's hard for them to really top what Zoom is doing because Zoom has really just skyrocketed during these past few months. Yeah. So they're trying. Yeah, well, and I, you know, Facebook is, uh, it's nice because they'll, they'll get up to the plate, right? Uh, they'll, they're yeah. going to try to offer something because, you know, most of us are very familiar with the platform. So therefore you would think that it'd be easy to do this. Um, there's some security features that I had personally read about this. I love the no time limits. I love the drop in, drop out. I love the control factor that Facebook has, but to be brutally honest, I haven't used it, right? We use Zoom. My favorite reasons to use Zoom is it's got the coolest name out there. It's called freaking Zoom, right? Uh, hey, let's Zoom together. I don't know. I've been, maybe it's just because I'm old and I like that word. But I definitely think that there are going to be a lot more people who are going to pop up. But Facebook was re also responding to the fact that so many people needed to work remotely that there had to be other things to choose from, you know, the, the standards, the go-to meetings, the join me's, the Zooms. And then for some reason, and I, I don't really know why, Zoom just cornered the market. And boy, I sure wish I would have bought stock in that freaking company before uh, <laughs> uh, before COVID. All right. Now, uh, so continuing with Facebook, and here's our last little section on Facebook. We're going to talk about pages. Update us. 
Yeah. So if you have a company page or a page on Facebook, you might notice that there is a new dedicated business inbox on Messenger for your page. So this is just kind of an easier way for you to separate your personal messages from your business messages. And you can toggle between the two inboxes. And it's so you can answer all of your messages in one place. And it also has a feature that will remind you to respond to your customers or clients in a timely manner, which can be super handy since you know, we're all busy and we can't necessarily respond to all our messages the first time we see them. So I think being able to have that within Messenger, which most people tend to be able to have like on their phone or iPad or whatever they take with them is a really handy feature. And hopefully this is going to allow compliance departments to approve the use of Messenger for those compliance departments who haven't because it is truly separated. It's going to be at a different area that is tagged differently uh, from a programming standpoint, an API standpoint. Uh, it's going to be, it's gonna be uh, able to be grabbed uh, from your phone, from your Facebook account, and archived. Of course, we know financial services about a couple years behind, but hopefully this change will make it so that you can communicate directly with people who are interested in talking to you on social media using Messenger. All right. Well, we talk about LinkedIn all the time, as you know, Julia, because you know that's one of our major focuses here, because most of our clients want to talk to other people who are professional. These changes on LinkedIn are pretty freaking cool. Let's talk about those. Yeah. So like other platforms, LinkedIn is always looking for ways to make everything more engaging, make you want to stay on their platform longer. And not only for you to up your engagement, but up the meaningful engagement that you're doing on their platform. So one of the new ways that they're trying to incite that engagement is by introducing a new polls feature. And so now you can ask, you can share polls with your network to ask them questions, ask them your opinions. And it's a super easy, fast way to have a new type of engagement with your audience. LinkedIn says it takes only about 30 seconds to create these polls. And by sharing polls, you're providing the people who engage with you more of a voice and an opinion with how they're engaging with you rather than if they simply liked your post. So you can share polls, you can have them up for, you know, whatever custom range of time you want, whether it be 24 hours into two weeks, and you'll still be able to have that little text box above your poll. So you can have an introduction to what it's about. You can have, you know, ask them to answer your poll, why you want to have it up there. And you can also add in your hashtag so that it's more searchable and more widely shared on the network. And other than that, they actually have a very interesting feature that they're in the works for premium users on LinkedIn, which is a new away message. So this isn't completely launched yet, but it's something that they're working on behind the scenes. And this would allow premium users to kind of create their own message that will be automatically sent when they're away from their profile anytime anyone sends them a message. So that would be a very useful way to be able to keep in touch and keep your contacts kind of warm while you are not able to directly answer each message or, you know, constantly monitor your profile. So that's one feature that I'm looking forward to. Hmm. I'm just thinking with the volume of contacts that some of us have, I wonder how that's going to work for those premium users. Because most people who are premium users have a lot of contacts. I wonder if that's mm -hmm. going to fill up that 
uh, message box or how quickly that, that message would go out, uh, that automatic message. So is it immediately after I message you, which would make more sense, right? Like an out of office alert sort of thing, like the email that people say that I'm, you know, I'm, I'm on freaking vacation. Uh, that's interesting. What a weird way for them to go with, uh, I could think of probably 20 other features that I would love as a premium <laughs> user. Uh, and then they decided on that one. But but they did spend a lot of money on this next one. Let's talk about the next one. Yeah, so the same way that Facebook is kind of incorporating new ways for people to do business online during this time of self-isolation, LinkedIn kind of did the same by combining their events feature with their LinkedIn Live feature to create a new feature called LinkedIn Virtual Events. And so this is a new way for companies to hold events virtually on their platform. So you know, I'm guessing that not a lot of seminars are taking place anymore you know, it's not as easy for companies to engage in person with the people that matter. So now LinkedIn is giving you a place where you can do that instead. And so you can create an event, send out invites to your network, and then post a live stream on your company page through this event where, you know, you can engage with the audience and the attendees. And then after the whole thing is done, the video will live in a separate section on your page. So it's a great way for you to hold a webinar in a very easy way with on the platform where most of your network is most likely already connected. So many companies had have have had to make so many changes when it comes to events and especially in in our industry events are huge, right? You know, due diligence events, compliance events, continuing education events. And having this opportunity, it seems very, very smooth. It seems very seamless. And I love the fact that it auto-records it and posts that on your page so that other people can see it. I want everybody to just pause for a moment because this could be way, way less expensive if you don't have the marketing budget to pay a big company, uh, who we're really good friends with, by the way, um, if you don't have that budget to, to do like a online webinar, uh, you know, uh, mailer and all of those different things, uh, social media posts to, to drive people to uh, your, your online event, use this. Um, this is really easy to execute. Compliance is going to love it because it's entirely recorded and it gets you to continue to put out your thought leadership and build new relationships. I believe in a very seamless way through the the um, social media platform that the majority of you use. Uh, this next one I'm not a huge fan of, but I, I'd love for you to tell everybody what this next one is on LinkedIn. Yeah, so another new feature that LinkedIn introduced to their pages is a new announcement banner section. So now you can add in custom banners to your page, which allow you to share critical or timely updates and keep them at the top of your page so whoever's visiting will know about whatever you have to share without having to scroll through your page to find it. So it's a little bit like how Twitter has pinned tweets option. Now LinkedIn has banners that you can add to your page. Let me tell you why I, I'm a little bit uh, concerned about this is probably better than not saying I'm a big fan is because if you incorporate an announcement, I want to know if you post a critical update, is your whole network notified? Because I can find I can find 8 million ways that people could abuse this from a really annoying sales perspective. Oh, yeah. Do you know if it informs everybody that you posted a new banner? I don't. Okay. No, no, I'm okay. not sure about that. Yeah. Hopefully I, it doesn't. Yeah, I... Well, <laughs> 
<laughs> That's the cool thing about LinkedIn, though, is LinkedIn has tried very, very hard to stay user-focused instead of ad-focused. I really like the fact that I can still go through my feed, and instead of Facebook or Instagram, where I get one ad every five posts, I don't get that really with LinkedIn. Um, I get the information that I want. I love their hashtag searching. There's so many things that LinkedIn has done so well. And I'm really, really personally happy to to be a premium user. Uh, you know, we use Sales Navigator here. LinkedIn has become the tool that a lot of us who still have to do sales for our company really love to use because it's very intuitive and it provides you with other people who know that if they're on the platform, the probability is they're going to be solicited to. But the way that we solicit is applicable to you. It's not just blanket stuff. Now, we have an enormous amount of people who listen to this podcast who use Twitter. And this is, man, Twitter's like mixing up the whole game here. Let's go to Twitter. Yeah. So the big thing with Twitter this past quarter, it was actually just this June, they introduced a whole new way that you can tweet. And that is by using your voice. So now instead of just tweeting using your 180 character limit, you can now send out audio tweets, which are 140 second audio clips. So you can probably jam pack a lot more information into 140 seconds than you could 180 characters. And you pretty much go to compose your tweet you have the option to record yourself talking instead and it and it'll create what Twitter calls a more human experience for listeners and storytellers. So I think it'll be a great way to tell more engaging information to your audience. I think, you know, us at Top Advisor, we know how powerful voice can be since, you know, we live for podcasts. So if you have something to tweet that is more of a story or more has more emotion behind it, that could definitely be more handy tool. And since it's not so big on the platform yet, I think audio tweets still definitely stand out. And if you go over that 140 second limit, it'll just create a thread and continue on from there. So you're not necessarily, you know, tightly restricted to that 140 seconds. So it'll be interesting to see how users really make use of that new feature. We are already looking at that uh, as one of the things that we're trying to figure out how to implement for our clients is to be able to break up their podcasts to make it so that it's it's tweetable. It, and that's a much more difficult than we had expected, but uh, fascinating stuff. Personally, if I had control over the speed of things that were read, I would probably utilize this more. I'm one of those weird people who listen to all of my podcasts on 1.5 times speed just because my brain it switches to that rather quickly. But if I had somebody who spoke very, very slowly and was monotone, I, I would probably swipe by that tweet really quickly. Now, <laughs> they're trying to make it, so Twitter is actively working at trying to make it so that the information that's being shared on their platform is true and relevant. So talk to us about what this new, this new change that they made is. Yeah, so a lot of the times when these platforms are trying to combat misinformation, they take a lot of the onus on themselves by fact-checking and taking things down. So I think what Twitter is doing is now they're trying to put a little bit of that onus back on users by creating a new feature that prompts you to rethink before you hit that tweet button. So this is mainly for when you retweet tweets that have links in them. I know it can be really tempting you know, when you're scrolling through your timeline and you see a headline to just hit that retweet button without actually reading the tweet. Well, now Twitter will know if you didn't necessarily open the link in what you're retweeting, it'll give you a little pop-up that will prompt you to read 
the article before sending that tweet. So that way you can promote informed and healthier conversations and make sure you're not playing a role in spreading misinformation. This won't necessarily limit you. Like they won't stop you from sending a tweet if you haven't read it. It'll just instead kind of give you that gentle reminder. But if you choose not to read the article, you can still share the tweet. Sometimes just interrupting that train of thought will allow people to say, hmm, okay, you know what? Yeah. Uh, and I like that. I love that prompt. It, it's that sort of, it's a pattern interrupter, right? I mean, that's that thing. You, I know people who are on Twitter all day long and they're scrolling and clicking and scrolling and clicking, but I love the fact that if they scroll and click to, to, to share or to reply or anything, uh, especially to share, that they're going to be prompted to think about that. Now, the other cool thing is you used to have to pay for this next piece, uh, but now these other um this these last functions on our social media update today are, are things that twitter have implemented themselves so let's talk about those please well for me this feels big because as someone who works with social media all day and sending out different tweets this is a super handy new feature that everyone can use so you can now schedule your tweets um before whenever you wanted to tweet you had to go log on to the platform and actively do it twitter started as a very of the moment type of platform where they wanted you to share your thoughts as they happen. Whereas now, you know, as the landscape has changed and the content we're, ch has, we're sharing has also changed, they've made it easier for you to schedule out what your tweets, when they're going to send out on what day, what time. So it'll make it a lot easier if you want, you have some content you want to share, you know, you can spread it out throughout multiple days of the month and you don't have to worry about logging in to go and manually do it every single time. It'll be will sit a lot easier for those of us who like to plan ahead with our content. Now, I think that from a financial perspective or financial advisor, business owner perspective, that this could be huge. How nice would it be to be able to send out a, uh, you know, a, a set stream of reminders for events or for things that are going on within your practice, uh, keeping people updated, making sure that you have a consistent way uh, to remind people of important events. Uh, man, if I was an accountant, I'd be using the heck out of Twitter, right? I'd be just, you know, scheduling all sorts of stuff. Hey, you need to submit this here. You need to submit this here. You need to submit this on this day. You know, hey, you've got two weeks until this happens. That sort of stuff is super powerful. And if you are in a business that you need to constantly be reminding not just your clients, but also your audience of these events because of this, your professional kind of duty to do. I love it. I love it. I love it. And uh, now this is on desktop. So you can't really do this from your phone right now. Is that correct? Yeah, it's on desktop right now. They'll probably bring it to your to the mobile application soon. But if you want to use it now on your desktop, it's right there in the compose box. There's a little calendar icon that's now shows up that you can click on there instead of clicking send tweet to schedule out when you want it to go. All right. Is there anything else that uh, that we went through too quickly or, or is there anything else that I should ask you about what's going on social media wise? I don't think so. Okay. A lot of it was this was like the main notable points from the last quarter. Nice. And there have been a lot of other things. If you haven't listened to our other social media updates or you're not following us on our blog page, make sure you do that because Julia puts these out every quarter. You know, last quarter is or actually might have even been the quarter before, quarter before that LinkedIn uh, allowed you to do more than just like posts. That's powerful. If somebody takes the time to, you know, say that this this post inspired me as you might want to reach out to them. There are some nice triggers that LinkedIn has specifically done to make it so that you can listen more clearly to your audience and how they're responding to your media. So Julia, thanks again for your brain. 
Thank you for having me. Julie is a perfect example of who we try to find here at Top Advisor Marketing to provide our clients with not only the greatest and most updated information, but also knowing how to use these platforms successfully to help our advisors rise above the noise, get their voice out into the marketplace, and truly become that thought leader in your area. If you have not subscribed to the podcast, make sure you click that subscribe now button below. That way, every time we come out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. If you have any podcast ideas, please email me at Matt at Top Advisor M. That M is for marketing.com. And if you know somebody who really should hear about this stuff, uh, or if you're wondering if your social media person is actually up to date on this stuff, send them this podcast and say, hey, I don't know if you know this stuff, but we should probably be doing X, Y, or Z because there's some great applicable business things that you should do with these social media posts. Like using Messenger more appropriately with your Facebook pages. Do LinkedIn polls, poll your audience, and then it gives you a great opportunity to blog something, right? What a great opportunity. Hey, we interviewed 400 people through this poll and, and 395 of them said this. That's really fantastic. And then being able to schedule your tweets is the thing that I love the most about what's going on with Twitter, besides the fact that they're trying to clean up their app. So for everybody here at Top Advisor Marketing, this is Matt Halloran, and we'll see you on the other side of the mic very soon. Are you ready to change the way you communicate with your clients? Are you tired of being the best kept secret in your area? Learn how to become a prolific online influencer, attract more ideal clients, and grow your business. Contact us today and see what the power of podcasting can do for your business. Click on the contact us link on our website at topadvisormarketing.com and set up a call to learn more. Follow us on LinkedIn and Facebook for more updates and information. This was brought to you by iris.xyz, a platform helping financial professionals become better in business and life through new media and new voices. Visit them and learn more at iris.xyz.